you? Yeah. So lovely to see you all. We're going to do a quick thing. We're going to all do a mark together. So we're all going to clap at the same time. Does that make sense? We're all going to... After three, we're going to clap with my hands. Ready? One, two, three. Perfect. Hello everyone, welcome to Story Slam. <laughs> so lovely to see so many of you. I haven't seen this theatre this busy in literal years. It's so nice to see you all. Um, quick show of hands. I shall show of hands. Quick clap. It is the first time here. One, two, three. Oh my god, loads of you! Quick clap, this is your multiple time here. One, two, three. Okay, equal! In a battle, it would be hard to decide who would win. My name is James Williams, I'm going to be your host for the afternoon. This is Story Slam. This is where you get to hear true stories told live on stage. All the stories you're going to be here today are going to be true and told by you guys, including maybe a few from me. Uh, so there are two different types of stories you can hear. You can either have a story told here live on stage, or an anonymous story read by me on little white slips on your chairs. So at any point you can write one of those, put it in here, completely fine. However, today we have a special thing happening, because we have a, an international audience listening in, because we're recording our podcast for the first time, a relaunch after several years, so So we had a podcast like four years ago, but due to editors leaving and COVID and all sorts, we haven't had it going for ages. So we decided to restart it because ultimately we're interested in being as accessible as possible. And so we want people, wherever you are, whether you're abroad or not even leave your house, to be able to hear the stories you hear today. Um, so we started to organise it, got a lovely new editor, got a lovely new like sounds and stings and format and everything. But we came to a problem. We realised we didn't have an intro to the podcast. So we used to have one, it was me being like, hello, welcome to Storage Now. And <laughs> it's not got the same vibe, you know, as being in a theatre. So I had an idea. I was thinking we can record an intro right now with you guys. What do you think about that? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Because ultimately it's you guys that make Storage Now. So what we're going to do is we're all at the same time, gonna, the recording's already going. So all at the same time, I'm going to say, hello, welcome to Story Slam. Okay? We're going to do a, don't worry, it's not the real one, but we'll do like a test. Ready? One, two, three. Hello, welcome to Story Slam. Yay, <laughs> Okay, um, perfect. We're going to do that, a few takes. Um, so there's a mic, there's a mic here that you guys are going to speak into. So like project and put on your most happy and excited voices. <laughs> And you guys have got my personal podcast mic. It's going to be here. You're definitely going to be heard. <laughs> um, right, so we'll do a few takes. So after three, you're going to say, hello, welcome to Storyslam. One, two, three. Hello, welcome to Storyslam. There we have it, our new podcast intro. Hello and welcome everybody, this is in studio James here, and I'd like to personally welcome you to the Story Slam podcast. If you were there in the theatre to help us create our new intro, thank you so much for coming along and adding your voice, we really love it. 
As you heard past me explain, we are a true storytelling show based in the city of Bristol in the UK. We host monthly shows in the beautiful Wardrobe Theatre in Old Market and are really excited to present to you our new and improved podcast. We haven't regularly released episodes since 2018, but we're really excited to be back and we're back to stay. If you are a new listener, welcome. Really hope you enjoy. If you're an old listener, then it's lovely to have you back. Uh, Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And even better, recommend it to your friends. Uh, you can find more information about us on our website at storyslam.co.uk. And if you'd like to support us, you can become a patron of the show by visiting patreon.com forward slash storyslam. Our Patreon is brand new and we are really excited about it. Uh, but I'll be back to talk about that in the interval. So for now, I'll hand back to pass me to explain the show and for you to hear some stories. Enjoy. Hey everyone, future, future James here with a quick addendum. Just wanted to acknowledge the audio quality for this show was not perfect. The theatre is full of people with many different people speaking at different times and it's a particularly tricky environment to record in and we are still learning how to record the show clearly. But we are getting there and we will have a new setup and mic for next month so please just bear with us. We still feel the show is very much enjoyable. We had a great time listening back to it during editing and we hope you enjoy it as well. Uh, so with that, I'll pass you back to past James? One of the Jameses. Enjoy. Because <laughs> today we're hearing stories about mischief. Uh, mischief, fantastic theme. As soon as someone mentioned it, I was like, why have we not done this before? Mischief's perfect. Mischief is playfulness, frivolity. Uh, it's like Mischief is uh, getting in trouble, maybe getting out of trouble. So we want to hear stories about mischief, about ras- rascalry. Devilry. Maybe that time that you caused some mischief and it was fine. Maybe you caused mischief and it wasn't fine. Maybe you were living in a house with someone and they were causing mischief and you're like, this is definitely not fine. Maybe you had an animal cause mischief. A rat. A dog. Maybe the universe caused mischief for you. Anything like that. We want to hear your story about it. Um, I was thinking about mischief stories for myself today and I was telling them to my partner and they were like, James, these are just revenge stories. <laughs> and yeah, this is me being evil. Um, so uh, you may hear a few stories from me today, but I don't have a full mischief story, but I'm sure you'll hear bits throughout. Um, so the type of stories you're going to hear, these anonymous stories are going to sound something like this. So the prompt is write a true short story on a theme of mischief. I was at a beach with some friends and found a dead jellyfish. I held it in my hand. I looked up at my friend and back down at my hand. It had to happen. (laughs) I slapped my friend with a jellyfish. (laughs) And then there's like nothing. (laughs) Like, what happened? Presumably the person got slapped with a jellyfish. And then, are you friends with people? (laughs) I always find jellyfish to be the most terrifying creatures on the planet because they just look so cute. Look so cute and slimy and happy, and they're like, no, some of them like death. <laughs> okay, jellyfish, I get it. We're not gonna be friends. Um, so that's kind of what an anonymous story looks like. Uh, and then we have a full story that we told on stage, and those stories have a couple of rules. Um, that is to make sure the show runs smoothly and that everyone gets a chance to tell a story. Uh, so if you are gonna tell a story on stage, the first rule is has to be true. True, true, true. We are always hearing stories that are untrue. Fiction, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Rings of Power, 
all fish. <laughs> I've watched it a lot recently. Uh, but we were interested in you guys, interested in actual true stories that happen to you in your lives. So true. They've got to be rule two about you. You have to be a main character in your story, and almost always first person. Uh, number three, it's got to be a story. So no stand-up routines, no monologues, no uh, like nothing like that. It's got to be true. It's got to be true. Only about you, and it's got to be a story. So the story has a beginning, middle, and end, and it has a. Uh, some change in conflict has occurred, so you're maybe a different person from the beginning of, well, beginning of the, sh uh, the story to the other. Sorry, this is distracting. <laughs> Podcast, guys, going great! <laughs> also, it has to be told without note and without any props. These stories don't have to be perfect. Your story isn't perfect. Your life isn't perfect. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> the world isn't perfect, oh no! We're spiralling! <laughs> It can be raw, it can be, it can be imperfect, that's fine. We're interested in the kind of stories you hear, like around a campfire, or at a sleepover, or really late at night when you're, hung, when you're like, lots of drink and you're walking home, or something. That kind of story. Um, and finally, it has to be five minutes long. So that is, uh, uh, once you have your five minutes, you will hear a musical accompaniment from my beautiful instrument. So you'll hear, Something like this. Like that. Yeah. Kind of mysterious, definitely intentional by James. And then, you, that means you have one minute grace period with which, with which to finish up your story. If you get to the end of that one minute, you'll hear this. Like... A more discordant, more harried sound from the calendar. And that means, oh, it's been great, guys. It's been great, but it's time to Give up, give up the floor for somebody else, okay? Um, that is all the rules. Finally, we have content warnings, because stories aren't always necessarily nice. Because your life's imperfect, and because it's sometimes crap, sometimes bad, our stories sometimes crap and bad and sad, and that's fine, because we want to hear those kind of stories here, but we want to maintain the safety of this space. So, if you do have a story you want to tell that contains something distressing or potentially triggering, like uh, physical violence or sexual abuse or suicide, something like that, you can make a note of it on the back of these slips. And that'll be read out before the, before the story begins. <sighs> Phew, is that everything? I think so. We have our photographer here today, Sarah Pye. Fantastic pictures of storytellers and also you guys in the audience. If you feel like you don't have pictures taken of you or would like them to uh, destroy the pictures if they have taken of you, go let them know. They're super friendly. Go let them know in the, in the interval. And uh, yeah, otherwise, you'll see the fantastic photographs on our Instagram and our, our website. I think, without further ado, should we have our first storyteller? Yeah! Yeah! Okay, great. Uh, thank you to those who put, put your names in so far. Drum roll, please. Our first storyteller is going to be Rosie. Woo! Uh, it is really scary being the first storyteller. Um, Rosie hasn't got any content warnings, so can we please put your hands together and a big warm welcome to the stage to Rosie. Hello. Hello. Okay, my story is um, probably a bit short and it's fun. It does involve 
drinking alcohol and nudity, but in, in, a, in a fun way, not, not in a scary way. Um, so about five, maybe, maybe five-ish years ago, um, I was out on uh, what was meant to be kind of a quiet night out with some friends. There were maybe about six people in the group, and five of us were existing friends, most of us lived together, and then there was one person who was someone else's date. And um, we end up going to the pub, and we had a few, a few drinks. Um, nothing crazy, but everyone was feeling a bit jolly. Everyone was just kind of caught the vibe. So we decided to go back to the house where most of us lived at the time. Um, and I can't remember who, it was, who suggested it or how, but it was decided that we were going to play strip poker. <laughs> and, um, so we all get, get ready and have the usual arguments about like, I oh, can't just take one sock off or whatever. Um, so the, the, game, the game begins and we're playing and everyone's there, everyone's, everyone's jolly. Um, but I guess I had become slightly aware that there was one person here who doesn't know the rest of us and the rest of us know each other really well. Um, so we're playing the game and oh no, I end up being the first one that, with my top off. Oh no! And then, uh, and then the, game, the game carries on and I end up being the first person with no gloves on at all. And then, uh, and then it carries on and we just had a fun evening and at the end um, the, the friend who brought the date was like, oh thanks Rosie, you're a really good wingman because like, when you like threw the game, it like, being the first one naked kind of dissolved the tension. So I was like, thanks, yeah, um, I'm such a good friend. And I, <laughs> I still let everyone think that forever, that I did it on purpose, but actually I'm just really bad at poker. <laughs> Yes, I threw the game on purpose to help you, my good friend. <laughs> I love how, how really that, really that, that <laughs> assumes that your poker skill is way higher. Like, not just like regular, it's just like, no, I know how to play, no, I don't know how to play, I know how to throw convincingly. <laughs> I know how to, I can get my clothes off, it would be great. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you had a good time. I've had some amazing nights playing strip poker. Uh, I, we... <laughs> she doesn't have to tell, I have a laptop story. <laughs> oh, no! It's, I'll make it very short. Play strip poker, with this guy. This guy got naked, wife came back, very unhappy. <laughs> Nights that you go out and you're like, it's not gonna be a big night. No, it's gonna be fine. It's those nights that end up in strip poker somehow. It's like, oh, I guess it's happening. Uh, thank you so much, Rosie. That was fantastic. Big round of applause for Rosie. Write a true short story on a theme of mischief. Yes, it is. Stretching the balance of the word short. I met someone whilst travelling on my fourth year summer holiday. In my final year of that, that thing, we briefly kept in contact. I decided to book flights during my study period to see this boy where we lived in Miami. I also asked again, sorry, I'm lost. I met someone, right, so that's important, he met, they met someone. Met someone whilst travelling, went back to see the boy in like the last year or whatever. Went for nine days and my birthday felt, that is 
that is ambitious. <laughs> that is ambitious. Hook up, for, but like for nine days. <laughs> and and, uh, and I went for nine days, and my birthday fell in this period. However, I only told friends I was going. So when my parents called me, they were very confused why the birds were chirping in the background, and it was heavily raining in the UK. <laughs> I bluffed. <laughs> and they believed it. Oh, I really want to know what your bluff was. The trip was fantastic. I passed my exams, all was good. The boy and I are now engaged. Yeah. But my parents still don't know I snuck off to Miami when I should have been revising. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the mischief. I love the, I love deception. But I feel like, I don't know why deception was needed, but maybe sometimes you used to see just for the hell of it. Congratulations, by the way. I kind of wanted it to end with, they're here today! And my parents like, find out right now. Okay. Next time. Uh, write a true short story on the theme of mischief. I tried to get up to mischief by having a threesome. But two minutes in the I fell asleep. <laughs> on two separate occasions. <laughs> with two separate groups of people. I, I don't know if it's just that you have like undiagnosed narcolepsy or if just the threesome for shit. Like really, really just oh gosh. Naked two naked people. Oh what's one of those before? Boring! I'm going to sleep. I was once uh, having a threesome and I was watching the other two people uh mm -hmm. and, and uh I had a, a job of inspiration for a bit of art, so I went away <laughs> and sketched it out. I'm like, what do I do? They're like, uh-huh. <laughs> and a few months later, I uh, gave them, everyone involved, uh, a print of it. <laughs> yeah, I was very pleased with myself. Most burst of inspiration. You never know what's going to hit. My most low-level, regular mischief is, is, as a secondary school teacher, rearranging seating plans to put teenagers who fancy each other next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> My own personal love island. when it comes to food? Have you tried different cuisines, different, different exotic flavors? 
Um, because if you have, I wonder if um, what you think if I if I asked you to try something unusual, by which I mean cheese in a can. <laughs> cheese. It's just what I mean. Um, because uh, I've asked people outside, you know, elsewhere, Story Slam, friends and neighbors, etc., and they've always said no. Uh, usually, pretty emphatic no. Uh, but uh, because there's an element of mystery or mischief, I mean, um, I'd like to tell you the story of the one time they said yes. Uh, this is something that happened at work. I used to work at Rolls-Royce over in Filton, and uh, there was this one time I was coming back from one of my trips to the States, and full disclosure, um, canned cheese is a thing in the States. And so I went to a supermarket and I bought one of every kind of canned cheese, and I brought it back with me. <laughs> I go into the office, and I go into the kitchen at the office, and I set up all the products in a line with a little, vo little voting cards. So I ask people, you know, what's your favorite, what do you like, what you don't like? And uh, I just went back to my desk to just watch what happened. And uh, slowly, over the course of the morning, people would get up with their mugs, and they'd go into the kitchen for their next cup of tea, and um, uh, bit by bit, it started happening. They would sample the canned cheese. And uh, bit by bit, I could tell around the office, the conversation started happening. People were saying, oh my god, that's awful. That's <laughs> what is he thinking? That's the, that's the worst. That's, that's, that's absolutely, no, never. That's bad. And I'm not going to even fill out that, you know, that, whatever. Um, and I loved it. I, I just had such fun with that, uh, because the mischievous angle was that I didn't care about the best brand of canned cheese. That wasn't the point. The, the point of the exercise was just to see, as an experiment, to see if we could get employees at Rolls-Royce to stand up and move to the kitchen and have a, some type of communal experience where they would talk to each other. <laughs> that, that, that was amazing because that never happened at Rolls-Royce. Uh, uh, Rolls-Royce was just the worst place I've ever worked in. Awful, awful workplace environment. People hated their jobs, they hated their bosses. Um, it wasn't so much they didn't like other people, it was just they didn't even want to know other people. So I worked in one of these big open plan offices, and it's um, no interior wall, so I was at my desk, I could see about a hundred other people, but I'd only know four or five of them. And, uh, you know, it'd be the kind of place where the company would hire somebody, and uh, they'd bring them in, assign them a desk, they'd log in and start working, and do their data entry thing, and uh, it'd go on for days, and weeks, and months, and even years, and then one day that guy's just gone. And nobody would know who he was, <laughs> what he was doing there. Nobody had a clue. It was that kind of place. And um, uh, the company started to, to take notice of this, and they, they tried a few measures to improve what they called employee engagement, <laughs> which um, uh, nobody ever liked any of those measures. But it opened the door for people like me to kind of start doing a little bit, these, these quirky, one-off, unusual things, and so hence, cheese in a can taste test. <laughs> and I'd do one or two of these a year. I organized uh, things like um, the 4th of July hot dog eating contest, or the uh, office uh, rock, scissors, paper championship. Or uh, one time I, um, I did a seminar on American football, 
And I spent a whole hour teaching people how to spell Ohio. <laughs> O-H-I-O. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I think it was pretty well received. People liked this stuff. And, and um, uh, so I'd do one or two of these a year up until, up until well, my career ended. It, was, you know, it came down to my last day, and um, it was my day to become disappeared by the company. And, uh, you know, I, it was, I was being made redundant. It was voluntary redundancy, but still, it's not a great feeling, that last day. And so I'm in there, and at my, my desk, the last hour, the last day, packing my things, and room full of 100 people, they're kind of like looking at me, but not looking at me, doing that thing. And one of my colleagues comes up and says, uh, Oh, Jim, before you go, you gotta, you got to come say goodbye to Carmen, Carmen Holloway. And so um, I go, okay. And we walk down the hallway to the next big open plan office. Far wall, far corner of the far wall, um, uh, there sits Carmen Holloway. She's at her desk, and she's just typing away. And I come up, and I say, well, Carmen, it's my turn. I'm getting ready to go now. And she looks up at me and says, um, oh, Jim, we're going to miss you around here. Um, you know, the whole time I've been here, you're the only one that ever talks to me. And I, you know, we, we had kind of a moment right then. It was really nice. And uh, then the moment was over, and I went back to my desk uh, to pack up my things for that long last walk to the car. Um, and I got there, and I, I saw that, oh my gosh, they've done it up with a few party balloons, and there's a gang of people there. And I realized, oh, that whole thing with Carmen just now, that was a diversion to just get me out of here. <laughs> That's a bit of mischief I wasn't expecting. And, uh, it had the effect of turning what was kind of like a really crappy day into one of my best days. Delight to work with. That was lush, right? Because I've been in those offices. The offices, no one talks to each other, and like the only time you ever speak to anyone is when there's like a really crappy goodbye card at the end. You're like goodbye, and everyone's like scrawled their names in it or something. I can imagine these like secret gym attempts to get everyone talking. I love that. That's awesome. Um, I, initially, I thought the story was going to be about cheese, but more about humanity, <laughs> not about cheese manatee. I was imagining the cheese cans. So I'm not sure I've ever had cheese out of a can, um, but I was imagining it like spam, when you have like a little ring that you like unroll it or something, and then it's like a slab of cheese. But I think maybe that's not, not it. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe it's like different to that. Um, but that sounds, that sounds lovely, and I'm so happy to hear that you had like a positive experience at the end, and like some of the people just like come in and flit out like ghosts. Sometimes I feel like it's kind of nice just to disappear like ghosts. Sometimes, even like workplaces you don't like, you just be like, see ya, and just like leave without saying goodbye to anybody. Um, but I'm really happy you got a goodbye. That sounds lush. Um, I was looking back through, so uh, I've been working a lot of behind the scenes beaverish stuff with Story Slam, including making our website more pretty. You should go check it out, it's got all our photographs on it. Well, all those from last year, it takes ages to upload, but all the pictures from the last year we have on there. And uh, I went and actually went back and looked at all the photographs that we've basically ever taken from Story Time that I have on my PC. And I was trying to catalogue them into year, and I was like, some of you have no idea where they're from. But I came across this set, and it was people making like big, weird hand gestures, like, 
<laughs> I was like, what on earth is going on here? And I was trying to work out, and I just remembered when I heard Jim's story, that Jim had the Storytime audience spell out Ohio. <laughs> but thank you very much, Jim, for uh, bringing your lovely little tasks into this room. It's great. Round of applause for Jim. Or the theme of mischief. My boss brought in his new baby into work to show everyone. She, look, it's real. She had nothing on her feet. I pointed and said, how come she's got six toes? He looked. In the briefest moment, that was like, oh. I never looked at the sixpence. <laughs> That's mean. That's mischievous. <laughs> that is. Um, thank you so much for all the stories we've heard so far, all the uh, anonymous stories we've heard so far. We're going to take a short interval. In that time, you are free to put more names in this hat and more anonymous stories in this hat here. Um, it's a really friendly crowd, as you can tell. I know you've got mischievous stories somewhere in there. Um, so if you'd like to share, please put the names in the hats. And uh, we're back in about, we'll keep, keep it short, because the first half has been short, but about 10 minutes time. Go frolic! <laughs> Hello there, in studio James again, just popping in for the interval. Hope you're finding some time in your day today to frolic. <laughs> and if you are in a position to, maybe take some time to give yourself a little bit of a break. Maybe grab a cup of tea or a snack. Uh, we heard so much mischief in the first half, there's only more to come in the second, so stay tuned. While we're waiting for everyone to grab a drink and put more names in the hat, let me quickly fill you in on a couple updates. So, firstly, as mentioned earlier, we've launched a Patreon. Since we started Story Slam, we've played host to countless storytellers, we've heard some amazing stories on our stage, and we want everyone around the world to be able to hear them, which is why we're relaunching this podcast, to give you a chance to enjoy the stories wherever you are, and also we're beginning the Patreon to give you a chance to support us if you so wish. Our in-person shows will always be affordable, and our podcast will always be free, but if you'd like to support the show, you can become a patron today. We have some big plans, and every bit of support brings us a little closer to achieving them. These include spin-off shows, live streaming our events, and maybe even a spot on the radio in the future. Patreon benefits include a podcast shout-out, discount codes for merch, bonus podcast content, and at higher tiers, even free entry to our live shows, and maybe even a hand-decorated bauble at the end of the year. Uh, so this is the part of the show where I would be shouting out all of our patrons. As we've just begun, we don't have any Jess yet, but if you'd like to access to the Patreon benefits, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash storyslam. Uh, and secondly, we'd like to have our podcast audience more involved with Story Slam. Sadly, we can't bring you all to the theatre, which is a shame, but you can bring your stories to us if you'd like. Uh, you now have the option to submit your own anonymous stories to us for possible inclusion on the podcast. You can do this by submitting your story at our website uh, at storyslam.co.uk forward slash submit. Um, much like our live shows, these stories are completely anonymous. Uh, otherwise, that's it. Looks like the show is about to restart. Hope you've enjoyed your break. I'm now going to hand back to Pass James to intro the second half. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to the second half. Woo! 
so lovely to see you all. Look how many fucking eggs are in this half. Oh my god! There's two in the first half. Where are you hiding? Look at this! <laughs> right, really important stories. This. So thank you so much to everyone who's put a name in the hat. Thank you to everyone who's put this copious amounts of short stories in here, spinning out of my frog hat. Let's have a little read of some of these, shall we? Write a true short story on a theme of mischief. Got my revenge on the office prankster. <laughs> By putting a teaspoon of salt in his tea when he wasn't looking. Ugh. He took his first sip in the middle of trying to have a serious and important conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. I, I just put sort of it by accident. And it's just like the most, like, I've never so, felt so insecure as when you like eat something and you're expecting it to taste one way, it tastes a completely different way. <laughs> Suddenly the world just implodes around you. And you're like, what's real? What isn't? How can I tell? <laughs> I, you know, um, in like cafes, they have those little sugar dispensers that got the, the chew and you can pour it up and like, it, it dispenses a perfect amount of sugar. I once got so fascinated by it. I'd done it so many times before realising I had to drink the tea that I was using that I was using it into. And I was like, oh that's pretty cool. <laughs> and suddenly it was like half sugar. What are you doing? I was accused of not cleaning our bathroom enough by my housemate. I told her, cluelessly, I don't know how to do it. Fast forward to her, elbow deep in the toilet. Me watching her show me how I just don't want to do it. <laughs> this is just social engineering. Is this mischief? I, it reminds me, I used to work in a uh, bookstore and it was a really dramatic place to work. And I think maybe it was my fault, I'm not sure. Uh, one day I'll hear that story. Um, but my favorite people would hang out with at the bookstore. It was massive, it's called Book Barn. Some of you might have heard of it. Yeah, some of you have heard of it. Drama working there at Book Barn. Um, massive barn full of books, as you might imagine. And uh, there was a warehouse crew who would, who would move stuff around. And when I got there, I can't remember his name, he was like, Chris. He said, Chris, I, I, I said, uh, Chris, you never asked me at tea. And he was like, no, I just made it really bad the person they ever asked me. Never asked me again. <laughs> Chris, you genius. <laughs> that time, I was like, what are you doing? He was like, moving stuff around. I was like, what and where to? It's like, oh no, just moving stuff. Because you move stuff, but they don't actually do anything else. <laughs> so you move this stuff. Okay, great. <laughs> Chris has got life sorted out. Chris is somewhere zen as fuck. <laughs> I once convinced my friend that her own laptop that she'd had for eight years was voice activated. <laughs> and she got too scared to speak in, the, in team meetings. <laughs> I'm a child. <laughs> Just in case you use the word off by accident. It's like, poor thing. These you guys being me. I love it. Okay. One more, then we'll, we'll hear, a, hear a story. When I was younger, we had a childminder. She wasn't the most responsible, and one day she left the front door open. I thought that's number one. <laughs> On the first day of childminding school, door closed. So I, at the mature age of four, decided I'd rather hang out with my dad and his work, so I left in the wrong direction to his workplace. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is funny now, because you're here alive, but like... 
the sort of thing you'd hear on the news if it all went bad. A random woman saw me and recognised me as the kid always walking around <laughs> and took me home. The childminder was fired. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. Four, a housemate stopped paying rent, moved his girlfriend in without warning us, and then disappeared for weeks. When we finally ventured into his room, everything was labelled with stickers saying, Property of a landlord, bailiffs, please ignore. Oh, oh mischief. <laughs> <laughs> so I was working in, a, on, on the, in the uni bar, and uh, it was uh, the University of Birmingham, it wasn't here. Um, it was Precious Park Bar, and the whole bar ran at essentially, like, not a loss, but they didn't care about profit, they just cared about getting students drunk. And so I worked there, and I worked there for a few years, and it was my last... Am I telling this story? Yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> it was my, my last day working there, and so all my friends came to get drunk. And so I basically wasn't charging anybody for any alcohol. Uh, I'd like take the money, and I'd go to the till, and come back with the exact, exact same, same amount of money. I'd be like, oh, mate, and I'd be like, chill. Uh, apart from Mike, for some reason, because Mike would be like, yeah, you give me the same money back. <laughs> Alright, Mike. Alright, Mike, I'm going to charge you. Here you are. And by the end, I had gotten my friends so drunk. I didn't realise, I was staying relatively sober behind the bar, but by the end, you had people sitting in bins, people like laying on the floor, people like crying in the bathrooms, like all my friends. And I was like, what have I done to these poor people? Um, and there was Greg, one of my friends, who was like semi-conscious, like leaning against a wall. And I was like, Greg, okay, we've got to go, we've got to get a taxi. He's like, no, I've got to stay here, I've got to stay here. I'm like, why? He's like, all the cat. Order cat to come here. I'm like, order cat to come to the bar? He's like, yeah, do you just come in? I was like, Greg, we can't do this, man. Um, so I was like, I'm gonna ignore what Greg's doing. So I like herded all my friends into a taxi. And some fucking miracle, none of them were sick in the taxi. And uh, got them home. Uh, by the time Greg had picked up his cat, that's fine. And we're at home. And me and a friend called Pete, this is just a drunk story. Me and my friend Pete were like smoking a spliff on the sofa, just like letting the night wind down. And then Greg, who was taking the cat, is um, on an armchair and sort of jolting in his sleep. And I'm like, he's probably fine. Um, and uh, then he'd be like, and like, stand up. Like, Greg, you're right? He'd be like, and then sit down again. Okay, Greg's having some thing going on over there, and then suddenly Greg stands up, we're like, and he sort of staggers into the bathroom, and we see Jess's like side profile as the unmistakable sounds of him taking off his trousers and pissing on the floor in the in the in the kitchen. <laughs> What's going on? Greg is and me and me and Pete, we're a bit high, and we are beside ourselves because nothing really prepares you for what to do in that situation. And Pete was saying how we can't wake him up, we can't wake people up who are dreaming because it might kill them. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? We can definitely wake him up. And Pete's like, no, we can't wake him up. Like, no, like, so we like run away, upstairs, collapsing giggles on the landing. Uh, and yeah, go back downstairs. Greg has recessed himself. Um, and we told him all about the morning. <laughs> Uh, I lied to the University of Bristol and told everyone I was an art history student to play with in the jazz orchestra. Okay, that's like the whitest of lies. 
Um, they in several ways. <laughs> they, <laughs> they bought it for they bought it for three months. The thing that gave it away was me not being able to take a whole bottle of rum in 30 minutes. Like I no. <laughs> no, this just descends into the into hieroglyphics here. Um, I'm sorry if you were in a rush. <laughs> Madam. <laughs> yeah, what does that last line mean? If you are in the audience cringing, it's not you, it's me. My I'm reading is terrible. You do not have to out yourself. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 it didn't get away with it. That's what we can take away from this. Didn't get away with it because they couldn't take a whole bottle of something in 30 minutes in some way. Not quite sure what it means. Like I told you a story, I'm so sorry that I had trouble reading. Um, at uni, we were known as quite the troublemakers as a house from joyriding mobility scooters through Tesco Extra <laughs> to packing snow up, uh, snow up on people's front doors to think they were in an ice boilers. <laughs> I can imagine your little tree, drunk as skunks, like going around like pushing all the snow up to a door like, oh my god, I think I'm so And like, there's like a window next to it, it's not like, like, kids. <laughs> anyway, one day we were playing a signature game of ours Fruit Ninja IRL. This <laughs> <laughs> was, was written by me 10 years ago. Where one person tosses a vegetable, yeah, we know. We know. One person tosses a vegetable, I eat, I, I eat an onion, thank you. Uh, and another attempt, to, another attempt to slice it in half mid air with a kitchen knife. <laughs> it sounds like a trip to the ER. On my go as the ninja. A friend broke all health and safety rules. <laughs> My dude, you are already breaking them. <laughs> and tried to grab my flying apple as I was implementing a classic thrust and stab move. <laughs> what is insane? The knife missed the apple but hit a bullseye on his hand straight through. <laughs> <laughs> when I was 15, I was stopped and searched by an unmarked police car because he couldn't believe me and my friend had jumped out of our classroom window just so he could be the first ones in line to get this kind of Chinese food. <laughs> you jumped out of your window. I love that. One of the officers had to go to our school to confirm and all I could think was of all the food I was missing out on. By the time we were let go, all the food was gone. Aww. This is the saddest <laughs> short story we've ever had. <laughs> oh, I, and, and the conviction to, 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 I don't know how it works, this discount Chinese food. You hear the jingle of the discount Chinese food van. <laughs> and you get 
launch yourself <laughs> out of the nearest window, because you'd be on something soft. <laughs> and the police, quite rightly, see you doing this, and they're like, what the fuck? like in a second, oh, it really tickled me. Oh. Don't do that. <laughs> when I was about four years old, I had an au pair. Oh, I really didn't like. I asked for a cracker, and she proceeded to give me five. <laughs> yeah, what an awful woman. <laughs> oh, they sound awful. I only wanted one. It's like, what underline? <laughs> In order to show her this wasn't how things were done around here. How <laughs> <laughs> old were you? Oh, when you were four years old, okay. I threw them onto the floor and ground them into a fine crumb on the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are just such dicks. <laughs> For no reason. That I give you four. <laughs> You. <laughs> I'm gonna make your life hell! <laughs> My friend is dyslexic, and I am a grammar spelling Nazi. Well, you sound fun. Biology <laughs> <laughs> lesson, she asked the table how to spell cactus. <laughs> I spelled. C-O-C-K-T-U-S. She read it back, Coctus. We all laughed hard, including the friend, until she had a laughing fit, and then she cried. <laughs> oh no, oh a coughing fit. And then she cried, yeah, oh. yeah. It wasn't very nice, was it? <laughs> what do you think? I was gonna say. Oh yeah, real funny. <laughs> the person with the diagnosed disorder. <laughs> to my mother, I could do no wrong. <laughs> I wouldn't reply, and certainly not cause my younger brother any harm. <laughs> I love that you can read all of these in like a, like a murder mystery way. But then... It wasn't my fault that she brought a large industrial clothes dryer big enough to put my brother in. <laughs> Temptation to see him tumbling inside was too much. Oh my god, we are all psychopaths. But his laugh soon turned to screams, you actually did it! <laughs> I let him out, knowing he'd run to my mum tell, tell on me, only for her to say, Don't be silly, brother would put you in the trial. <laughs> oh my god! You evil bastard! You've become above the law. You've become you've become Bob Ross, you've become someone who we can look can we can't you can't criticize! He'd never do that. No. <laughs> this is another one where if it gone different. We hear about this, it'd be an urban legend. They'd be like, oh yeah, hear about that child who put his sister in, in tumble dryer. Yeah, she died. <laughs> That's what we'd be saying to each other. I'm so glad that they're okay. Don't do that. You don't need me to tell you that. I hope not. Actually, you do need me to tell you that. Don't do it. 
Years ago, I spent three hours organising a surprise Easter egg hunt for my boyfriend and girlfriend in her flat. <laughs> in our flat. This sounds like a fun flat. I made them wear bunny ears. It does look like a fun flat. I hid so much chocolate, so much childish glee and mischief made my heart very happy. Guys, this is so nice. Can you beat this person? Making up nice Easter eggs for their boyfriend and girlfriend. That's gorgeous. Thank you. Um, I once built an entire paddling pool full of jelly. You know the rest. Uh, I do know the rest. I helped fill the paddling pool for the jelly. As everyone was complaining, it was cold. Well, obviously, it's jelly. You have to set it for it to be jelly. So, I didn't realise, the person I was making the jelly pool with didn't really like jelly and I think it was a particularly bad time for them. So we like made up the jelly and put it in these, it's a sex party, obviously. <laughs> we had this big, um, this big tub, where, uh, several big tubs that we put, why am I explaining this to you? You know how I make jelly? Well, maybe not this amount of jelly. So big jelly, tub, jelly, and then you put it outside because it's winter. And so it'll stay cold out there, so you can make jelly. And so we just made as much as we possibly could, but like, you can't get that much jelly. <laughs> and it's really hard to like, keep it all solid and everything. And yeah, then we put it in a paddling pool, and all went naked, and jumped in the paddling pool. Because I was like, what am I gonna do? Like, die and not go into a pool full of jelly? <laughs> no, it's like, I don't think I would have led a fawn rich life if I hadn't done that. So it wasn't even my house, and this poor couple, whose house it was, kept finding jelly for fucking weeks. <laughs> jelly everywhere, because there was jelly on your feet, jelly on your body, and you're getting out of the jelly pool, and so there's just jelly being flung everywhere. I'm so sorry <laughs> to those people. I'm so sorry the person wrote this. I'm so sorry. Sometimes, right, I have these ideas, and everyone's like, yeah, you must do it. Sometimes, though, you have to tell me no. <laughs> like, sometimes you've got to be like, Jim, this time, no. No pull pop. No pool full of jelly. When I was a kid, I was with my sisters. I was something sisters. Fairy wings on the roof as a joke. I threw my sisters' fairy wings on the roof as a joke. Stepmum step had a fat go at me and could not retrieve them. I did it anyway. <laughs> I thought this is like the beginning of like the Joker or something. This is like when the Joker was tiny. And they were like, fuck your fairy wings. Okay, I'll do a couple more. At a protest against austerity, fuck yeah, the police were attending a group, uh, attacking a group of protesters. So I climbed onto a balcony above them and poured, poured two liters of water over the police. I didn't want to get in trouble. 
So I had to soon jump off the balcony. And over the police line. Wow. Later we were at Kettle in Trafalgar Square and I was worried I would be identified so I scaled one of the lion statues and got out to freedom. Wow. Fuck yeah. Freedom. You like, like ice bucketed the police, jumped over their police line. That's fucking hardcore. You just sound, you sound awesome. Fight both police. Don't be sick on them, pour on them, and run away. <laughs> the owner of the bar I work at went to a function and was completely spangled. And when the host asked everyone which dead celebrity they wanted to be, he screamed out, Gandhi! He then drunkenly to told me this story eight times, and then referred to him as drunkenly... I then referred to him as Gandhi from then on and collaged a compilation of Gandhi photos onto a heat-changing mug. <laughs> I hid the mug in the office and waited for him to drink his morning coffee. <laughs> that's, that's incredibly harmless, that's nice, that's getting mischief. That's mischief. Not bad you guys do it. Jumping over police and... <laughs> uh, jumping out of windows. Right, can we get a drop piece for our next storyteller? There are no content warnings for TJ's story, so can we bring him to stage? Big round of applause. You can't see anyone's faces in here. <laughs> so really bright. I want to look you all in the eye as I told this story. <laughs> it's just you guys now. <laughs> Um, so, I like suspense, so I'm going to preface this with when I was younger, so this is a story about when I was secondary school, I got suspended twice, but I was also a prefect. So, <laughs> I told both sides of the line. I'm like one of those dirty cops. <laughs> this is a classic. This is a story about how my mom found out I had lost my virginity. <laughs> Classic. So, I was about uh, 14, 15. Had a girlfriend. That was, it was amazing. <laughs> they pick up the one. <laughs> I, I was ecstatic. And um, we had been going out for a while. I went out in a while, me and like three months. But that was a long time. <laughs> you were 14, 15. And um, we had strict parents. So we, we couldn't go to each other's houses to, you know, hang out. <laughs> Eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> so we just started hanging out outside. <laughs> <laughs> Not my proudest uh, kind of shenanigans. Um, but we've been doing this for um, a little bit. Um, I, I thought I got the hang of it. I was, again, stupid 14, before I knew the world. Um, I would sometimes bring like a duvet cover in my, in my backpack. <laughs> you know, set the mood. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> you know. It's the little things that matter. <laughs> but, one time we got a bit too, a bit too, 
I've only stopped cutting, but <laughs> well, we got a bit too, I think, um, full of ourselves. And we were in uh, a park um, that was near our house. And we were just hanging out, just talking, you know, saying, oh, I love you, I can't believe I didn't make you so long, all that kind of jazz. And then we got a bit, I think, too intimate and a bit too frisky. Um, and we thought, we were like, okay, we're in the park. There's no one really around. Maybe this could work. Um, so, <laughs> I'm sorry, I should have given like 18 plus content before I did this. Um, so we're sitting on the bench, there's a wall behind us, so at least we'll smile that way. Um, but there's the open expanse of the world in front of us. <laughs> and there's like a path, I would say about 40 meters away, so not close. But still, you can make out figures. Um, and so we, well, um, she sat on top of me. I'll leave it there. And then we were like, okay, let's go home. We've, we've done the hour after school, because that's what we were allowed at, really. So these, these were very long sessions. So we decided that as there were some people in the distance, we'd probably best to hop over the wall next to us and, you know, not have to walk past them. That was a bit awkward at the time. You know, 14-year-old having sex in the park. That's what we care about, being awkward, walking past the people. Uh, so we get out of the park, we're walking home, I walk her home, again, chivalry. Um, and then she goes, oh, you know what, one of those people in the park looks like my auntie. In my mind, in my mind, I was raging. I was like, what? You tell me this now? But she's like, no, 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 no. It looked like my auntie. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I just got laid out, I was happy, I got the bus, I got home. <laughs> Not here in the world. So, I'm home, on MySpace. Living <laughs> <laughs> a good laugh. <laughs> the phone rings. Home phone, not my mobile phone. See, no one knows what home phone is no more. <laughs> Pick up the phone, and it's her stepdad. How'd you think I feel? <laughs> I'm 14. I'm not brave. I'm not a man. I thought I was a man. I was a man. I'm all there like, oh, yes, sir. Nah, this, this shouldn't be what we're doing. I don't know. My mum raised me better than that. And then he's like, I want to speak to your mum. Why? We handled this. And so, <laughs> one was a single mom, so she worked late to, you know, raise the proper child I was. <laughs> so I was really shenanigans, sorry mom. Um, but she wasn't, she wasn't home. So I was like, oh, you know, ah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that right there. I'm sorry, she's not here right now. She'll take a message. I'll take a message. This was his message. <laughs> if your mum doesn't call me tonight, I'm coming over. <laughs> that was it. Uh, again, I'm 14. Oh, I'll speed this up. I'm 14, I'm shit scared. My mum comes home. <laughs> 
She walks in, I do the usual, oh, hey, 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 how's your day? Yeah, yeah, Monday, Monday was okay. It was all right, it was all right. I let her do her thing, you know, searching around, start to get on back to it, you know, let her settle. It's, you can't just get whacked in the face with that news. So, um, I then got mum, I got something to tell you. Um, I have a girlfriend, so I had to go in stages. You have to remember. Like, my mom was, mom, uh, mom was Christian, like very devout Christian. I'm 14, I'm not even supposed to be talking to girls at this point. I, I went to a boys' school. How did I even know girls? <laughs> so, yeah, so I went, I've got a girlfriend. Bam, already, she's lost her shit. He's lost her shit. I'm just like, it takes her half an hour to calm down. I'm like, Mom, there's more. <laughs> We've had sex already, another hour, done, calm down, mum, there's more! <laughs> we get caught having sex in the park. Oh. <laughs> Do you need to talk to me for a week? <laughs> That's pretty much my story. <laughs> For a week, I'm so sorry to talk for you a week. I'm glad that everything's okay. <laughs> I'm glad that I, I love how you were like, We just sorted this man, man to man. <laughs> I love that you were like, We, me, and you, we can sort this out. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Sounds like at least at the end you had like a more like honest relationship with your mum, like she like knew more about your life, which feels like a good thing. Like maybe after that, oh, you brought the brought the 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 duvet cover as well. You fucking gentleman. <laughs> I bet the yeah, at least your mum knew you better at the end, even if she didn't didn't talk to you for a while. Thank you so much, TJ. Round of applause. <laughs> When I was young, me and my brother took great pleasure in uh, mixing up a random concoction of liquids. Typically eggs, uh, mouthwash, washing up liquids, gravy, etc. And throwing it over the back of my dad's coat <laughs> while he was wearing it. <laughs> It gave up with us great pleasure to see Dad walking around unaware of this ridiculous big stain on his back. <laughs> just, kids are just so mean. Kids are just so mean. <laughs> Let's do one more and have another storyteller. During the pandemic, my partner and I were both working together from home. When he sensed I was having a bad day on a call with a sassy client, he would take advantage of the blind spots in the webcam by exaggerating, exaggerating James Bond moves. <laughs> he would then slightly creep up on my right and whisper, Mischief. <laughs> it would take everything I had not to giggle uncontrollably on the, current, on the client call. But it made my day every time. Aww. Aww. What a keeper, that's so nice. You can imagine me like, <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. 
love that. Drum roll, please. Next one is going to be Nia. Uh, no content warning for the Nia story, so I'm going to invite them to the stage. Round of applause. <laughs> about me and my best friend when I was about 13, 14, called Charlotte. We um, were not very sporty people. We kind of bonded over being really bad at PE and our advanced reading age. And <laughs> <laughs> in, in netball, we weren't actually allowed to play netball. We were forced, everyone else would be playing netball and we would be, <laughs> a couple of people made us do this, we would be like on the side and we'd have to just pass the ball to each other and then practice rotating <laughs> pass it back. So it came up to sports day and we were obviously not feeling it. And we were there and we'd um, of course both signed up to do shot put, which is what you do when you're not sporty on sports day, right. Um, but uh, shot put wasn't until about 3pm and we had to be there at 9 so at some point we were getting really bored and I decided to um, just text my brother. My brother had recently had a call centre job and he'd been saving up loads of money from it to buy this really fancy secondhand Mazda RX-8 car, which was very swish <laughs> and it was bright red. And at one point I was like, we can get out of this. We don't have to wait around and then do shop put. My brother can pick us up. So I texted my brother, can you come to... Swansea Lush Centre, and he said, yeah, I'll be there in 10 minutes, great brother. Um, but then we had to figure out how to actually get out of the sports day unseen, um, which is hard when you're wearing your team colours of yellow. <laughs> so we, we waited, um, my brother was like there waiting just like up this ramp, and we waited until something dramatic happened, so luckily Sean Matthews fell. <laughs> <laughs> She fell over the hurdle, it was really bad, everyone looked like that. And so we started running up this ramp, and my brother unlocked the car, we like jumped in the car, and he was, I remember he was blasting, he had a band at the time called Nihilistic. <laughs> so he was obviously blasting their song, called Only 17, and we, we went back to our house, and then we did that thing, similar to someone's one-line story, we did that, um, mixing all your parents' alcohol, into one horrible cocktail. <laughs> so we made these disgusting cocktails and then um, got really drunk, danced to probably like Roman Keating, I think, <laughs> um, and had a great time. And, and our team won. No thanks to us. <laughs> I mean, apart from maybe the drinking. But like, that's awesome. Just like running away from sports day with your brother. And it's great having a brother just learn how to drive because they want to drive everywhere. You're like, great, drive me here, there, and over there. They're like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, I'm really happy you got a day off just to fuck around. Yay! Love fucking around. <laughs> a colleague once signed me up to a Lego catalogue to be delivered to me at work in an attempt to embarrass me. That just sounds good. <laughs> Within a week, his pigeonhole had 12 subscription catalogues, including a hefty booklet from Ann Summers. <laughs> I'm not sure he was ever able to cancel all of them. <laughs> Just like, oh, 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 you wanna, you wanna give me a subscription to a thing that I like? <laughs> well, get ready for 12 subscriptions to things you hate. 
Uh, right, drum roll please. Our next broadcast is going to be Kelsey. No content warnings for Kelsey's story. So, where's Kelsey? Kelsey's coming. Big round of applause, please. And big round of applause, please. Kelsey! Yeah. She's coming. Sorry, it took me a while. I'm in the box. Um, <laughs> really stupid foot metrics. Um, so, I have told this story before. So, if you haven't been here before, I'm sorry, but I have a really boring life. Um, <laughs> the only mischief I get up to is rearranging seating plans so that children can sit in That is the level of mischief normally in my life, genuinely. Um, but this story is from summer 2019, and I was in Barcelona. Um, just enjoying not being at work. It's the summer holidays, it's been a really tough year. And my friend and I are just having a really wholesome time. We're having such a cute time. We're drinking orange juice at this point. Like, that's how tame this evening is. Um, but we're feeling really on top of the world because we've been to the beach and because we're in Spain, we were like, we're gonna take our tops off on the beach, right? And it was one of those like, woo, we're alive days. <laughs> so we're feeling alive. I'm feeling more alive, it seems. Um, so we're drinking orange juice. I go into the bar to get more juice. And this man, this Irish man, he kind of just leant over and asked if I wanted a tequila shot. Yeah. So I had a tequila shot. Go out with the orange juice. Already, I'm like a bit pissed because I haven't eaten. And my friend, who just wanted a tame, girly evening, I could see the disappointment. She thought, here we go. It's one of these nights. And I'm making excuses to keep going in and see how many tequila shots I can get from uh, Graham. His name is Graham, he was about 50. Um, <laughs> that is really integral, I feel, because she's feeling, Kelsey's just getting alcohol from this man, there's nothing. She's, surely she's not going to derail the whole night for Graham. <laughs> if you remember, I have had my top off on the beach earlier that day. I'm feeling alive. You know, I'm, not, I'm not someone who gets my body up. So I'm feeling alive, and a few tequila shots later, um, I've managed to somehow convince my friend to go home to the Airbnb with the one key. And I've decided I'm committing my night to Graham. I don't know where this night's going, but I'm going to have a good night. And we're in an Irish bar, which had a very weird vibe. Lots of very just old Irish men. Um, and me. Um, so I'm getting loads of, just loads of alcohol, having a great time. Not really sure what's going to happen. Um, and then suddenly there's this Swedish man. I can't remember his name, which is annoying, because I just want his name in the story. But he's there. And he's the opposite of Graham in that he's clearly like 20. And he turns to me and he's like, can I have your Snapchat? I'm like, no, because I'm at that point 28 or something. And he kept saying, like, give me your snap, give me your snap. Do you know what he's saying to me, sir? <laughs> but I was kind of just enjoying life. So I've got Graham on one side, Snapchat man on the other. We're having a good time. And then Graham stands up and shoves the Swedish man. Oh, oh my, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> my night, I'm the center of like a brawl. <laughs> I was having, oh, I just live to be the main character. <laughs> and this 
It wasn't a brawl, it just was two men who were too drunk shoving each other while I was trying to finish my drink. And then the guy behind the bar, oh god, he starts sharpening a knife. <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna tap out. Just went outside, Graham follows, and he's like, so you're still coming home, yeah? So I'm probably not, because he just shoved a man for asking for my Snapchat. So I just, really proud of myself, I walk off. And I get like out of the square, and I remember I don't know where I am because I'm in Barcelona <laughs> and I don't have the key to the Airbnb. And I've got like Birkenstock blisters bleeding on my feet. So I sort of walk vaguely in the direction of the Airbnb. It's about 2 a.m. at this point. I get back, my friend Chloe, fast asleep. She is not answering that phone. And the Airbnb was like a residential uh, apartment block. So I just sit down outside on the street and just think, wow, I'm just going to see it through, just see this through. And the hours roll by and I'm just on the street watching Love Island, apparently, <laughs> pissed, I'm very drunk. And I thought, how can I make sure people know that I'm not a criminal? So I rip out a page of my notebook that I have with me from back when the name was Twee and cute. And I translated, I'm not a trespasser, just locked out into Spanish. Stuck it to me, had an app. Because <laughs> that's really like reassuring for the tenants. And then when I finally got in, again, it was just like this horrible little mischief moment where some businessman left to go to work and I just crept in. <laughs> a horrible goblet, got to the flat, and she's still not answering the door. And then when she did finally answer the door, I could just see it in her eyes. She was like, Are you happy? Oh, I'm proud of yourself. <laughs> and I've been using that story for like three years now. I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> the story, I was like, oh, is this actually, is this the man? Is this the love interest? And I was like, what you snap, what you snap? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> almost as not obnoxious, almost as not obnoxious as Graham. <laughs> actually, no, we didn't get anything about Graham. Maybe he was a charmer. Although, physical violence, cooking violence is not good. Um, but yeah, fuck yeah, I'm glad you uh, took life by the horns and had men literal fight over you. <laughs> Isn't that a dream? <laughs> we always want everyone to just like acknowledge that we are super fucking hot and fight for me. <laughs> fight for my attention and love. <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time. Thank you, Kelsey. <laughs> We've got just two storytellers left. Oh. Uh, but we do have a few more of these. So, as a very young boy, I would watch my nan do her daily prayers. Part of this involved my nan praying with her hands, knees, and forehead touching the floor. A religious moment. Every time this happened, I jumped on her. <laughs> I jumped on her back and slid down. <laughs> oh, that's just cute. That's just cute. We'll save, we'll save those. So, uh, drum roll, please. Our next storyteller is going to be Rachel. Uh, there are no content warnings for Rachel's stories, so we'll invite them to the stage. Where are you, Rachel? Oh, there you are. Oh, there you are. My story is actually kind of fresh, it's about my day yesterday. <laughs> I wasn't really sure what to tell a story about, and then yesterday happened. 
Um, did anybody get to the Sea Shanty Festival yesterday? I'm, <laughs> I'm in a Sea Shanty band. <laughs> yeah. And um, my band played our first gig at the festival yesterday. And so the, the ending of it, so it's a happy story. It's, it was a great day yesterday. But um, <laughs> the gig was, uh, <laughs> there was, there was a lot of things that went wrong. Um, so we realised uh, our first gig was on, um, we didn't realise, we knew. Our first gig was on the SS Great Britain, big ship. It was really exciting. We got onto the, got through the ticket thing with our, with our free tickets, and we're like, big ship, big ship, big ship. Exciting. <laughs> and um, and we got there and realised that we'd been booked at the same time as another band on the ship. Um, but it's a really big ship, so we were like, well, they've probably put us in one place and put the other people in the other place, and it'll have been organised, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so we decided to do a little collaboration with the other group, um, which was fun, also stressful, <laughs> um, and then decided that we would um, go below decks into the hold um, to do the set that we had actually practiced and rehearsed and worked really, really hard on and were really proud of. <laughs> um, so after the songs that we collaborated, we like very Pied Piper-esque, got like mm, two-thirds of the crowd <laughs> to come with it. <laughs> like, only maybe a third of the crowd left with the other group. <laughs> um, and did like almost our whole set right up until uh, the last two songs <laughs> when the staff of the SS Group Britain started setting up tables in front of us for an, an evening event. <laughs> because obviously the collaboration, the ad hoc collaboration, had eaten into our set time, <laughs> we now had to leave the boat because it was closing. Um, so they said, oh, but it's okay, the, the, the deck is still open, so you can finish that set up there and then it'll be fine. So we led everybody again, all the way up to the deck, a little following of people. I didn't really know how we got so many dedicated people the first time that we'd ever played. <laughs> um, and did one more song until another staff member came and told us, actually, no, the boat is really closing. <laughs> so we were a bit like, well, fuck that, we have one more song to do, let's do it. Um, but also we needed to leave, so... <laughs> um, we decided that we were going to sing the last song with everybody following us behind, like, like a real Pied Piper this time, and lead everybody out with the final song. And then half the people went the wrong way. <laughs> That's mostly the end of the, the story. We had another set in the evening and that went really, really smoothly and well and it was all good. So it was a good day in the end, but there was, there was lots of shenanigans in the middle. <laughs> It was like a mess, but it was like a wholesome good mess that you got to play all your tunes. That's awesome. And I felt like I, you are cool because sea shanties are cool. Like we, we all on TikTok. We all hear the sea shanty songs, and I feel like as Bristolians, like we've got such like a maritime history and like sea, like pirates and shit. Ah, oh, sea shanties are cool. I feel like I want to get involved in sea shanty stuff because it's just like I feel like I want to connect with like my piratey heritage. And <laughs> um, also, I feel like. Without playing this, because I feel like in the world of the sea shanty, 
Playing with Essence Grip Rain must be like Glastonbury or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't know where else you can, like, play. Is there any, is there any other famous boats? I don't know any. <laughs> the Titanic? That's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your story. <laughs> I grew up on a commune. Once, the adults were trying to decide what colour to paint the living room. They painted about 15 different colour swatches on the wall, and debate raged for weeks with no progress. Wow. <laughs> One night, I snuck down and painted all the swatches the same colour. <laughs> oh my god, you agent of chaos! <laughs> they all carried on arguing about which colour was their favourite for several days before anyone noticed they're all the same. <laughs> no. I was imagining it was going to be like green, blue, red, beige or something, but they were all just like similar shades of like topaz or something. I can't even notice. You little rapscallion. Uh, right, so our last storyteller. Oh, oh you guys are great. <laughs> We've got our last uh, anonymous story. Let's just do this. I had a friend who was never nude. <laughs> they were nude sometimes. I.e. he was literally never naked in any situation. <laughs> when he got out of the shower, he would wrap a towel around him and get dressed underneath it. <laughs> underneath it? Well, maybe he was naked in the shower, maybe not. He had a cosy on. <laughs> we were always encouraging him to loosen up to no avail. Come on! Just a bit of nudity. <laughs> Then, on holiday in Greece, a whole bunch of us were skinny dipping, and we were surprised to see him dive. We cheered. Never knew he was naked. And then his feet floated to the surface, revealing his sandals. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That is a, that's a strong word. Naked but in sandals? <laughs> Channeling, channeling Greek God there, I think. Um, thank you so much to everyone who has shared stories anonymously and everyone told stories on stage. Big round of applause to all of them. Uh, we've taken a, we've had a little break over the summer, and honestly, I just miss stories now. It feels like my month isn't complete without coming here and hearing stories. So thank you all so much for coming and sharing with us. Um, lots of exciting things happening on Story Stuff, as you know, our podcast, which you will appear on on the first Sunday of next month. Make sure you go on your phone after this, go on your podcast app, search Story Slam Bristol, so you can get into your phone. Um, our website, I spent loads of time, like very late. Fiction our website, it's now gorgeous. It has lots of Story Slam lore, little cute bios of all our team on there that I wrote. And uh, we've also got all our photographs there too. So Facebook is an absolute hellscape if you want to escape. Um, so we're on there for a long time, but we do want to move away from Facebook, so we are transitioning more to our website. So storyslam.co.uk, come and join us there. Uh, and I'm gonna, finally, before we end, just the elephant in the room, my awesome t-shirt. <laughs> I know. I know you've all been like, oof, James, where'd you get that from? Um, <laughs> um, uh, a fantastic printers literally across the road who we're, we're collaborating with um, to make these wonderful t-shirts. They are all like eco-friendly ink and all renewable energy and shit. Um, so we're going to be selling these soon in white and black, maybe some other colours if we can think of something we like. Um, but not on sale just yet, but keep it on our, Facebook, on, on our uh, Instagram, Storytime Bristol, 
follow us on Facebook, leave us nice reviews, leave us reviews for our podcast, and that's it. Until next time, thank you to everyone who's helped the show happen. I'll see you next month. And there we have it. What a wonderful collection of stories. Thank you again to all our storytellers. And thank you to you at home for tuning in. All the relevant links for everything I've mentioned today will be in the podcast description, as well as our social media links. So have a look there if you're interested in following us, becoming a patron, or submitting a story for our next show. So until next time, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure, and we'll see you all next month. Bye-bye.